Make It Right, the manufacturing podcast. Several years ago, I was the last host to be on the air when the radio station I worked for flipped the switch to move to a new location. As that last song wound down on the turntable and Master Control moved to the new studio, an eerie silence fell over the building. This hub of communication that had hummed with music, machinery, people, and activity for years was suddenly dead quiet, and frankly, it was almost heartbreaking. And it's that image, that moment that I've been thinking about when I imagine all the factories that are currently shuttered and silent due to COVID-19. It's that eerie silence. Welcome to the Make It Right podcast. I'm Janet Eastman, and this week on the show, my guest is Carlos Riche. He's the founder of the Disposable Diaper Network and the principal at Riche Investments. Carlos has worked in the diaper industry for more than 30 years, and he joins me to talk about the way forward after this lockdown. So, Carlos, good to speak to you again. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Janet, and it's great to talk with you again. So, in your 30-plus years in this industry, does anything from your working past compare at all to what we're going through right now? <laughs> not at all, for sure not. And, uh, you know, I'm from Mexico and we lived through a couple of great uh, uh, economic problems with overdevaluations, but nothing, nothing come close to what we have now. Mm -hmm. What are your biggest concerns at this point in time? Well, uh, I think we're going to go through the, uh, the health issues uh, one way or the no another, and I hope that the damage is not that bad. And Okay. Uh, some people are going to die, that's going to be terrible. But uh, the, the economic problems that are coming after the, the COVID, uh, those are the ones that, that worry me. Because uh, um, I think uh, we're going to be facing one uh, great challenge uh, in, in, the, in the future, in the short-term future. Mm -hmm. So can you give us some guidance on the an anticipated overall financial impact of this shutdown on the diaper industry? Like I know from, like it's very hard, it's, it's a big unknown at this point in time, but factories don't normally shut down and shut down completely for months at a time. And it's probably been at least a month now. Um, what, do you, what do you see as that financial impact? What are some of those challenges moving forward once they say, okay, let's flip the switch and get going? Well, uh, I, I, I see uh, different kinds of problems. Some of them are going to be related to, to the uh, supply. Uh, you know, all of these problems have uh, created uh, disturbances with the supply chain. Uh, some raw materials have to be used for the most critical, uh, you know, uses like uh, making masks and respirators. So uh, materials like SMMS, which is the spoon bond, metal blown spoon bond, or the SS, even polyethylene film, all of them ha have been, you know, converted into making masks. So, um, you, you know, these are the same materials that we use in the diaper industry uh, to make the top sheet and the leg cuffs and the, you know, laminated back sheet. So uh, it's easy to, to see that uh, we are going to have scarcity and the diaper machines, even after the COVID, are going to struggle for some time trying to be able to find these raw materials. Mm -hmm. And when you actually look down the supply chain and all the way going back to everybody who supplies everybody all the way along that supply chain, I guess they're all going to be kind of dealing with the same issue, aren't they? 
Yes, they, they are. And, and uh, the, the, the thing here, when, when you're looking at, a, at a, a, a product like diapers, which are really a basic commodity, most people will, will think of that as a necessity. And uh, even a product like that, that is supposed to, to go back uh, very soon into production mode and be able to supply uh, you know, all of the demand, uh, the reality is that uh, there are many components into making a diaper. I mean, at least 18, 20 different raw materials. And a, a single one of them that is not ready to, to be sourced, uh, and, and we have a problem. They, you cannot make diapers anymore if you have one component that is missing. And you know, this, this, uh, this whole situation, this, these are, uh, you know, uh, like a big uh, train that, that it requires, you know, slowly to, to, to catch speed in order to, to be able to, to, to have its uh, uh, design speed. So the, here is going to be the same. I mean, just putting back everything into, into a business mode, it, it may take months. Hmm. So what are some of the biggest concerns, I mean, beyond that supply issue that you're hearing from manufacturers at this point? Well, uh, you know, the, 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 the problem started in China, you know, and uh, China is right now the place where you have the largest uh, uh, disparity between demand and, and offer. And uh, now uh, many of the Chinese manufacturers are looking uh, for non-woven supply from outside of China. Uh, but as this uh, uh, pandem pandemic is moving into other places, uh, now we, we, we're starting to see the same situation. Uh, with just uh, a few weeks of delay. Uh, I think uh, the problem in Mexico, for example, uh, it just is, we, we are just starting to feel uh, the, the situation of the, uh, of the COVID. Uh, so not every place in the world is experiencing this problem at the same time. Uh, we, we are out of sync, but uh, sooner than later is going to catch up the, the whole world. Now, if diaper manufacturers lock down, and this is just a random thought that just came out of my head, but if diaper manufacturers are, are in lockdown uh, and there is trouble getting supplies to make diapers in the future, I'm thinking from the standpoint of if I was a, a parent with a bunch of young children, is there going to be a diaper shortage? Well, it, it is uh, interesting. I, I, I was surprised. I mean, <laughs> not surprised. Every time we, we have a... We have a, a uh, a catastrophe. I mean, toilet paper seems to always, you know, <laughs> run out. <laughs> People like crazy. They want to, to shop for for toilet paper. But if you think about that, I mean, you have uh, children, uh, babies. Okay, uh, baby diapers are going to also have the same type of situation. You know, the one of the difference is that uh, maybe the inventories uh, were, uh, um, you know. The, uh, um, intended for larger periods, so so you, you could still supply uh, diapers for for several weeks ahead, uh, but uh, it's going to finish. And uh, uh, the sooner that you can get everything back into operational mode, uh, the, the better. But um, I, I I think um, this is going to to, uh, to create a, a problem. Uh, and uh, I hope those moms that had babies have uh, made uh, a provision and have their own inventories at home because they might have a problem finding diapers uh, in the near term. Mm -hmm. We were speaking about the supply chain earlier and, and, you know, the difficulty all the way along it in getting the supplies to make the things that they, you know, you need to pass on to the next person who's in the supply chain. 
uh, and this is this is a question out of pure ignorance because I don't know how how long you keep us or you have a supply chain filled up. But is is most of the the product delivered for manufacture kind of a just in time thing, or is there a huge stockpile sitting there that you know you can you can go with? How does it operate? Well, uh, <clears throat> some some of the of the raw materials are, are actually being managed in a just in time. I mean, just with mm -hmm. a few days of inventory. Some of the other components, like uh, printed materials, uh, back sheets that have to have a design, like you know, uh, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, whatever. The, the inventory is probably larger uh, within several weeks. Uh, but I, I can hardly see any kind of uh, diaper manufacturer in the NAFTA region with inventories that are way uh, above, let's say, uh, three or four weeks. So um, my expectation is that once that inventory uh, goes away, uh, you have to find uh, a way to, 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 to resupply. And this is where we might going to see uh, some problems, especially with, with two of the components that are, uh, I think, the most critical uh, right now, which are the non-wovens, the, the melt-bound and the spoon-bound non-wovens. Uh, these two are, are used, used for the production of masks and, and the, I think uh, uh, being objective, it is more important that this raw material is being used into masks that, than into baby diapers. Uh, people that are facing this, uh, this uh, virus are, are, need to be protected. They are at the front line and they, they are risking everything, their families, uh, their you know, uh, parents and grandparents. And, and, uh, and dealing with, uh, with uh, all of the people that are sick, uh, they need the correct equipment. So naturally, I think uh, the best use for the non-wellness right now is, uh, is this for this, uh, you know, pro protective equipment for, for, for the doctors and the nurses that are attending these uh, people that, that, that uh, need help. Mm -hmm. Is there an alternative to use in the interim? If, you know, I mean, if, if, um, ma if the manufacturers get, back up and running. Is there an alternative to that non-woven that could be used? At this moment, we don't have an alternative. Uh, no. Maybe there's an alternative for the people that are using the masks. Uh, I think uh, some very clever ways of reducing masks have been developed. Uh, I've heard a few of them. Um, uh, and uh, instead of throwing away the masks, I think masks should be recycled uh, and reduced. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I heard that, especially for those that are not at the front line uh, in, in the medical, uh, you know, providing uh, this type of uh, services, uh, for us, the general public, I think we only need to have like five, five masks per person. Uh, you can, you, can uh, you know, put a collar into each one of these five masks, and uh, after you use them, you just let them hanging. And after the, the five days, uh, the, the COVID cannot live that long. Uh, so you can reduce the same masks. Uh, and there are other ways, uh, simple ways to uh, disinfect the masks. If people have uh, peroxide, uh, a fine mist of peroxide can kill the virus very quickly. And uh, it doesn't leave any toxic uh, uh, residues. Like uh, you, you use bleach of chlorine, you, you, you may have, a, you know, of course, concerns about dioxins and toxic uh, residues. But when you use uh, H2O2, I mean, uh, peroxide, uh, the peroxide, uh, it's a very strong oxidizer. It kills uh, bacteria, it kills the virus, uh, makes it inactive, and uh, it doesn't leave any residue. So I think it's a, that's a very easy way 
to recycle masks. Mm -hmm. Wow. But somebody has to make that decision to do the recycle and to start shifting some of the non-wovens over to the other side as things get uh, maybe rolling back along. After a long shutdown, Carlos, how hard is it to get a manufacturing plant up and running again? Well, uh, it's going to be uh, a little bit of a problem. It's not, not a huge challenge, but, you know, I, my concern is that they might not be able to hire all of the people or to go into full production mode. So at the very beginning, uh, they might not be able to run 24 hours. So running a few chips every day means that every time you start from a, a cold machines, you, you need to waste a little bit of time for the uh, systems to, to stabilize. And uh, you know the hot melt tanks to get warm. Uh, the whole machines need need to find its its right uh, its right uh, setting, uh, the right configuration, etc. So I, I think we're going to suffer a little bit in terms of the uh, efficiency or the conversion efficiency, but not that much. Uh, maybe one or two points of efficiency. I, I'm more concerned about other things that I, I think are going to happen and they're going to have a big impact in our industry uh, in, in the short term. Um, my, I, I think uh, this uh, uh, virus is uh, going to create a lot of unemployment. Mm -hmm. And this unemployment uh, is going to force people to make uh, decisions in terms of how they can uh, better optimize uh, their income. And one of them, those decisions have to do with uh, what kind of diapers they can buy. So my expectations is that consumers are going to have to move one step down in terms of uh, what kind of diapers they they can buy and, and for that reason i think uh, 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 a cheaper alternative uh, a, a product with good performance but without the bells and whistles uh, might be a, a good proposal for this coming in in the in the in the future hmm. so there is uh you're expecting the overall manufacturing of diapers and the style of diapers that they're going to be making in the near future to be different from what they had been putting out up until now then? Yes, I think what is going to happen is going to be similar to what we experienced during uh, the big devaluations in, uh, you know, in the developing economies, where we're going to see a jump in private labels. I think the ex most expensive uh, not, um, uh, nation brands or you know the 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 the, the premium products uh, we are going to probably go down in sales uh, and uh, in addition there's going to be another problem that I, I see happening right now uh, the uh, birth rate is going to go down dramatically in the in the next uh, after the next nine months I, I don't think people are going to be having babies uh, and that is going to create a, a record low uh, birth rate for, for the United States, Europe, and basically every other part of the world. You don't think that all this time locked up is going to produce more babies? <laughs> I wish, but no. <laughs> I, I, There's not a lot to do there, Carlos. <laughs> yes, not, not many other things to do, but, but the reality, they have or now very good alternatives. That doesn't mean they have to deny themselves from the from, from the pleasure of, of I guess you're right of, about of having that. a short uh, social distance. Let's put it that way. But the, the, oh, yes, there is the social distancing part of it, isn't there? Right. No, yeah. but not, not in this case, especially if you're in the same in the same home. 
but but the, the thing is that is that people are very concerned about the, the disposable income and take that into consideration when they decide to have a baby and uh, we we are not living in the times where you just uh, you know you are not planning uh, something as important as having a baby so um during this type of situations what we can uh, uh, forecast is that uh, people have going to delay the decision of when they want to have the baby so at the end of this year and the beginning of the next year for sure probably 2021 uh, we are going to have a decline in, in birth rates and this was something that was actually happening before in mature markets wasn't it because i mean the birth rate was declining and then the industry was actually creating as you said these premium diapers that had longer use and things like that so this has been a problem in mature markets for you for a while yeah it has been in fact the last three years we have uh, every year is a, is a new record so mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and this thing is not going to help for, for sure uh, th there's a couple of things that are going to be positive uh, i think uh, at least it's going to change the way how we buy things uh, after a, a, an ex a extended lo lo lockout time, uh, I think people get used to the idea of ordering uh, and uh, doing everything through e-commerce. So I think the e-commerce is going to be uh, a big winner. And, and those companies, I'm talking about the diaper manufacturers or adult uh, manufacturers that have uh, a good infrastructure for selling their products through the e-commerce, are going to see uh, a gain, an important gain, just because uh, if the other people were not used to ordering by e-commerce, uh, now they are finding out the benefits. And I think this is going to create a new habit and, and, and probably they're going to keep doing it. So um, I see a, a big plus for uh, those the, uh, companies that, that have made the effort to move in sales into e-commerce. Hmm. What about the um, the adult diaper segment of the market? Because you know we may not have the birth rate, but we certainly have the aging population. And then you know people who aren't having children do get dogs. And I put a diaper on my dog when he was ill. So um, there is that segment, though I'm sure it's not that large. But there are other opportunities in the diaper industry, just at a different level. Correct. No, that, that is correct. I don't see uh, uh, any decline in terms of uh, adult diaper sales. On, on the contrary, I think the, the, the population pyramid is going the direction where more and more people are going to need, uh, are going to need uh, uh, protection. Uh, this uh, adult underwear or disposable underwear or briefs and, uh, and uh, the, the need is going to be there independently of anything that happens with the economy. Now, the problem is going to happen again if uh, the disposable income is compromised. I think people are going to start to be um, uh, more selective in what they buy. And uh, I think the same situation may happen where, where people are going to be looking into private labels more than, uh, than the big brands. Mm -hmm. Do you do um, work over in, in Asia, Africa, and India in those areas where I think, uh, it's my understanding anyway, that the, the diaper industry is growing as opposed to shrinking? It is, absolutely. And, and that is uh, uh, you know, something we, we, we are seeing uh, with all of our clients in that area. I mean, we are very active in India. Uh, we have four clients there. And uh, in every single case, we see a double digit uh, you know, growth number for, for the baby, for baby diapers. 
and also for adult products. Uh, now they're also having this situation like the, the rest of the world where, where uh, they're going to go through uh, you know, an economy adjustment, uh, the labor uh, is going to be compromised right now, all of the people without jobs. So uh, this is uh, a global problem that we have to be dealing with. But uh, the, the need for, for baby diapers as the market penetration is still going uh, up, maybe it will not grow as fast as uh, what we predicted before the COVID, uh, but the demand is going to be there later, okay? It's just uh, uh, an adjustment that has to be uh, related to, to the disposable income of people. Mm -hmm. So can you leave us uh, with some, if possible, some bright spots that you see for the industry on the other side of COVID-19? I know you mentioned the online thing. Um, anything else that you see out there that um, might be a bit of a bright spot for the industry? You know, this, this is uh, uh, something that happened to us, uh, to, to the whole humanity. Uh, we're going to go through this one. It's going to take some time. I think those people that look this as an opportunity to make changes into their business model, uh, they're going to, to gain from that. I think it's a time of uh, making adjustments and changes. If, uh, if the uh, patterns from consumers have changed, I think those that uh, react quickly to detect these new behaviors and how uh, you can deliver what uh, people want, uh, th those are the ones that are going to win. So even though the uh, horizon doesn't look uh, that sunny or that great uh, right now. Uh, we have to be uh, more careful into detecting those opportunity areas. I, I can tell you that one of the very first things that people do uh, during this kind of uh, situations is to shut down all of your consultings. For example, all your consultants, uh, you have to uh, you know, try to save money uh, for the company. But this is especially the situation where you may need, uh, you know, uh, expert help uh, to reconfigure, to make a reconfiguration of your uh, uh, diaper. How to make the diaper uh, uh, cheaper in cost, but at the same time to keep the same performance. Uh, how to uh, adapt your business model into. Uh, a model that will be able to, to sell and, and make profit for you. And also um, how to uh, find uh, raw material suppliers that are willing to sell to you when, when there's scarcity and, and you may not be able to find materials. So I, I, I think uh, uh, I, I wish I could be more positive, but I am realistic. Uh, I, I don't want to paint it in a way that uh, this is going to be an easy challenge. It is not. It's probably the most uh, complicated or difficult in our life and for our generation. So, um, so I think uh, the worst thing we can do is just to panic. Uh, we have to uh, think it slowly, to analyze things, and to find a path where you can... Uh, um, you know, get back into uh, into your business. I think it's been a really interesting time because, I mean, at the start of the year, we were talking about how people were so frantic because there was so much information and so much activity and we couldn't slow down to even look at what we were doing. And all of a sudden, <laughs> like, yeah. we have really put the brakes on and now I think we've got a lot of time to look at what we're doing and there may be a massive reevaluation 
for a lot of industries on how we're going to go about business post-COVID-19. It'll be really interesting to see what the year looks like, like April 2021 will look like from, you know, from now. Very interesting, I think. Yes, yes, I, I, I agree. Carlos, it's been great speaking with you, and I know that um, there are some events coming up in the fall that, uh, knock on wood, they will go forward, and we'll have a chance to talk to you further about uh, the diaper industry and how things are looking um, at that point in time. But I really appreciate your insights and your time today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Janet. It's a pleasure. Carlos Riche is the founder of the Disposable Diaper Network, and he's principal of Riche Investments. That is the Make It Right podcast. It's brought to you by Kevin Snook, leadership advisor and author of the best-selling book, Make It Right, Five Steps to Align Your Manufacturing Business from the Front Line to the Bottom Line. That's our show this week. Check out our Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook feeds and subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. And until next time, thanks very much for listening to the Make It Right podcast.